Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 167, The Delayed Double, an unbelievable turkey hunting story. And I am your host... And the guy who is finally going to get back into the deer woods this weekend. It's been almost a month since I have been deer hunting. I'm not terribly upset about that, but I do like to get away and relax a little bit, and this will be a good opportunity for me to do that. So I'm pretty excited about that. Another thing that I'm excited about is that we are 70 days, 12 hours, 52 minutes, and 43 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So here we are, the first week of 2018. That's still pretty hard to say and even harder to write because every time I write the date, I want to make it 2017 and most of the time I do. You know, in preparing for last week's show, I looked back at some of the show topic suggestions that you guys sent to me via email in 2017 and I noticed something. You asked me for more stories, more turkey hunting stories, and I don't think I delivered on that request personally. One of the reasons that I think that I did not deliver on that request is that I really still wanted to bring the new podcast spurred to you guys, but the truth of the matter is I just don't have time to produce another podcast right now. As much as I would like to do it, I just don't have the time to do it. So, since I didn't bring you very many stories last year, I figured today was the right time to do it. And so, today I'm bringing you the story of a hunt that I was on with my buddy Todd at his hunting camp in West Alabama in late spring in 2016. And in this hunt, there's really a lot that I think that you guys can pick up on. So, I want you guys to listen in closely, enjoy the story. Pick up a few tips, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I've got my good friend Todd on the phone with me today, and we are going to be sharing a story of a hunt that he and I had back in the spring of 2016, which seems like it was ages ago. And the story is 
You know what? It It's good television is what it is. It would have been really good television. Yeah. It's got a lot of excitement. It's got highs and lows, and it's got some good humor in it as well. Oh, we can't forget the drama. There's lots of drama. Drama. All right. So this is a story that I'm going to call the delayed double. Or this is the story of the hunt that I'm going to call the delayed double. Because Todd and I have hunted a lot together. We have never doubled. And nope. Had a couple of chances, but uh, one of us always managed to screw it up. Usually me. Well, you know, I've, I've been known to screw up a shot or two in my lifetime. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, but we, we've killed a lot of turkeys together and have still never had that two birds come in and two birds drop. Right. And this day, this morning, this hunt, we actually did have two birds drop, but they were about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes apart. Mm -hmm. They should have dropped together, but they didn't, but it actually turned out to make it a lot better hunt when it was all said and done. Unbelievable. So let's let's start at the beginning of all this. All right. So when I get to your hunting camp, you and your twin cousin, Eric, mm-hmm. and you guys listening to the show probably don't believe it's even possible for people, for two people to be identical twin cousins. And it's not. But Todd and his cousin, Eric, are identical twin cousins. They look alike and they act alike. Just alike. <laughs> yeah. So I'm joking because you guys don't know them like I know them. They're complete opposites. Complete. Complete opposites. And so Eric is very type A, high strung, and Todd right. is very not. I'm and I'm tall and good looking, and he's short and trollish. Looks like a troll. So, you know. <laughs> That's somebody's interpretation of it. I don't even think your wife would would explain you as being tall and handsome. No, probably not. She wouldn't describe you that way. No, probably not. But everybody would would, would describe Eric as being short and trollish. I didn't dispute it, and I didn't confirm it. Right. Yeah, I was was silent (laughs) on that part. But anyway, so, all right, this whole season... We've got this piece of property down at our hunting club that is offset from everything else. It's not contiguous with it, with anything else, and it's about 400 acres, of which I would say if it's, four, if it's 450 acres, 350 of it is cow pasture and um, has a lot of little fingers of, of creeks with timber on it, you know, that runs through it or not, but the vast majority of it is cow pasture, right? With cows and, on it. With cows on it, yeah, because if they, yeah. right, and because and that's kind of important too, because if there wasn't cows on it, it'd be waist high with wood with weeds, and you wouldn't be able to hunt it anyway. But anyway, so um, there was that year, and and most years there's anywhere from two to five goblin turkeys in and around, you know, roosting in different areas around that pasture and on that pasture and, and things like that. And this year, in, in sixteen, was no exception. There were about I think there were four, you know, that could pretty reliably uh, gobble most mornings on that pasture. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric that year and his son had decided that they that they were moving in, that that was they were they were hunting them turkeys, and he he spent the vast majority of that year on that pasture hunting those turkeys, and they would they would gobble almost every morning and everything, and. The way it would work was they just 
they would get in the slip every morning. They'd slip off to the neighbor's place, or they'd get around him, or they'd get out into the pasture, and he could, you know, and be too far out where he couldn't shoot. Any, you know, just gave him the slip every every time that year. Well, by the time you came down, it was, I, it was the last week in the season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, he just given up on him. He's like. I'm tired of, of dealing with them. I'm going to look at some different trees. I'm tired of them. So me and you decided to do it. Um, the main difference was Eric was, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it, it's it's clockwork or whatever, but he felt like that the turkeys were used to seeing trucks out there, which I'm sure they are because they feed the cows and the trucks are out there all the time and everything. Yep. And he would drive, and, and you cannot sneak across this pasture. You'd have to leave yesterday to get there in time for Dawn's Crack to start showing because yep. it's such a long walk across there. So what he was doing was driving his truck in there, you know, drive to about, I don't know, would you say 100 yards, 200 yards from the from the edge of the woods, it was good black dark, get out and walk walk in. And it wasn't really disturbing the turkeys, or it didn't seem to be, but, the, but he still was unable, you know, he just wasn't able to kill them. So um, we decided to do something else. We secured permission to come in on the backside through a neighbor's place and park at the gate and then walk down the edge where we never got out into the field. We kind of like come around behind them instead of coming the way that you know everybody else had always been doing yeah and um i don't know i mean it i think it made a difference to you i absolutely do these turkeys were roosting in the northeast corner of this 400 and some odd acres of property and eric was approaching them from the southwest and we approached them really from the southeast but it was enough it made enough of a difference because we were able to get a little bit well, almost behind them, kind of. Yeah, yeah, we were able to get really kind of on the other side of where Eric had been approaching them from. Right. And and I think that made all the difference. Right, and we never got out in the field. We were able to walk, you know, in the kind of, you know, in the woods or at least with cover, you know, until we got in, in there and uh, cut up through the hill and um, got on the top of the hill in there in, in listening time. And um, you hooted and they gobbled right off the bat. Yep. You know, we knew exactly where they were, and we started moving on them at that point. And there's there's basically three things those turkeys can do. They can either walk out into the middle of our pasture, into the middle of our land. They can slip off the backside onto a neighbor's place, or they can go sideways, you know, onto a neighbor's place. So two of those ways, if they or they can stay where they are. I guess they can stay in, in our woods where they are if they wanted right. to. Yeah. Um uh, but if two of the ways they go, we can't get to them. So I feel like what we were able to do was instead of coming in from the southwest and pushing them out the northeast of the property, we came in at the, you know, the southwest and were able to get behind them between them and the property line, and it encouraged them, if they ever saw us, to go more towards into the interior of our property instead of going off the property. Mm-hmm. So, but, it, I mean, that was a long hunt from the beginning. It was. Um, we, uh, you know, it was something that, um, I mean, we didn't kill that second turkey until, what, 1130? Yeah, it was It was late in the morning. I mean, it was hot, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when that second one got shot. So, um, but anyway, so, you know, they're up on the roost, and, and we can tell that there's more than one bird in there. And um, it's late, late in the season. They ought to be busted up. They ought to be, you know, they ought to be coming to calls, but they're not. 
um, pretty much all morning. And the more we called to them, the more they went away. You know, it, it felt like. Yeah, that's you know, they may long. they may answer us, but they they definitely weren't getting any any closer. You know, and uh, they acted like turkeys do. You know, in, in the first couple of weeks of the season when they're hinned up real bad. And as it turns out, when we finally you know bushwhacked them and got up close enough to see, there was what two two long beards and five hens or three long beards and yeah i think i think there were three long beards one of them had gotten in front of the two that you and i um decided we were going to make some noise at mm-hmm. and that one had was right behind the hens yeah so and then there was what five or six hens in there i mean yeah. it was a whole dang flock of, of, of turkeys in there i mean it really did to me for it to be real late april you know past april 25th you know, they acted like it was March 15th, you know, the way that they were still all bunched up and everything. Right. So, um, but, I mean, we sat down thinking that they were coming on those turkeys four or five times that morning. Yeah. Trying, you know, thinking, all right, he's answering, he's coming. But they would just, just stand there like they were nailed to the ground, gobbling at us. And um, so we'd try to ease off and back up, move around and, and everything. And, and uh the way it worked um there was like a little there was the pasture ended and then it started you know the little bit of woods that we have on that property but right at the at the where the woods start there's an island of trees an old homestead and there's you know there's grass all the way around it's literally an island of trees and it's about 50 yards from the wood line well they were between the island and the actual wood line in that you know in that area there and um and so we were able to sneak down, you know, luckily it was late enough in the season, there was some cover and we were able to sneak down the line and kind of get parallel with them. And, um, man, we stayed there messing with them for what, 45 minutes, would yeah, you say? A an hour. Time, and I was pretty well convinced they were coming at that point. Right. I was too. And, and they, were, uh, they were close. I mean, I was, I was afraid to move from there. They were mm-hmm, close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're within, you know, inside of 100 yards. I don't know if they were 60 yards. You know, and at times they'd come right up to the edge of the of the, the tree line we were in. I think, you know, it kind of felt like they were getting closer, but the way the ground rolled, you just, we couldn't see them even standing up. Yeah. And so we had to move on them. And uh, so we moved right up to the edge, ease up to the edge. And we let them slip off. Yeah, kind of let them, kind of let them walk off a little bit. And we ease up to the edge and uh, of the of the of the um, the uh, wood line, and you know, and now we can see behind that island. We're between the island and the and the and the tree line, and look out there. And about seventy yards away, there there's a bunch of turkeys standing there. And uh, I don't know. I mean, so you know, we're, we're both we're both standing up uh, behind trees at this point. And, 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 you know, and got our guns on them. And, and, um, and so you called or what, what so we're standing oh, up. I made a sweet, young, sexy hen sound and they couldn't mm-hmm. stand it. So they start easing our way. And about 30 <laughs> minutes later, they get in, in, in shooting range after we've been standing there forever. It really wasn't 30 you, minutes. It was probably uh, what, six, seven, eight minutes, but it seemed like it yeah. was 30 seem like forever that you know but you're right i mean but you know when you're standing there holding a shotgun it seems like a long time mm-hmm. so sorry so you tell what happened from your point of view as they're getting closer and we're getting to the one two three shoot point so at that point todd is to my left about 
oh, probably 10 feet. Mm-hmm. And these turkeys are coming in. Now, Todd had killed a turkey the morning before. So that day before, he killed a turkey that morning. So he said, okay, and I'll say this in just a second. But Todd said, all right, you shoot first this morning. And so I'm, I put myself in a position to take a turkey. And Todd is there. He's in a position to take one, but I'm shooting first. So we actually might have doubled the morning before had Todd not forgotten his shotgun. <laughs> Hell, we almost doubled anyway, handing the shotgun off for the second shot. Almost did. You're right. You're right. But, so, but yeah, we definitely would have doubled it the morning before if I hadn't been in such a hurry and in a frazzle running out of the place and left my freaking shotgun at the trailer. And we get all the way over there. Dawn's crack showing, and we have one shotgun between us. Yeah, but you'd not unbelievable had not killed a bird yet, and so you were having a pretty rough spring. So we were we we were on a mission to get you a bird, and we did. Yep. That was good. So the next day, you said, "Hey, I'm going to bring my shotgun. <laughs> I'm going to carry it anyway. I'm going to let you take your own shotgun, and I'm going to let you shoot first. And so I'm in position. I call the turkeys respond. I call back the turkeys respond. And then about 30 seconds later, they gobble and they're closer. So we're getting ready. We're, we're waiting, waiting, waiting. Here comes the hens with the one gobbler behind them. And they went up on the hill on the, on the edge of that homestead, on that home site. <laughs> and they were, what do you think, probably 75 yards from us? Yeah, at that point, they're probably 70, 75 yards. Too far to shoot, really. Yeah. And then, gosh, it seemed like about a minute later, here come two turkeys into that opening between the home site and the woods line that we're on. Right. The little and, crescent of grass that's between the two wood lines. You know, they're, they're, you know, it's a perfect place for them to come walking up. Absolutely. So Todd says to me as they start coming, he says, okay, let them come in. You shoot the first one. I'll shoot the second one, which they were not side by side. They were one in front of the other. Now, they're approaching from my right, and remember I said Todd's to my left. So the birds are coming from my right, and Todd says for me to shoot the close one so that he can shoot the farthest one. So that was a screw-up on our part. Mm-hmm. So the birds come in and get 25 yards from us? Yeah, no, yeah, or even maybe even close. It may have been closer because they were I'll tell in a second, but because I guess it was a tight pattern when it went by him. Yeah, they they were close. And so Todd said, you shoot, and after you shoot, I'm going to shoot. So the first turkey's getting close to getting into the, the woods line that we're in. So he's almost all the way through the opening that, it, that the two birds had walked into, and he gets to the edge of that woods line, and I put the sight on him and squeeze the trigger, and then I hear, oh, I see my bird run off, and I mm-hmm. hear Todd's shot, and I look over at Todd's bird, and it's running off. And beginning to fly. Yeah. And because point, it went, boom, I wasn't even watching your bird. Because they kind of, I was actually going to shoot the one you shot first, but it, I don't know if you remember, they kind of switched sides, you know, kind of switched. You know, one one came in closer, so that was kind of the one you ended up on. Yeah. And so I'm watching the one that's kind of in the back. And you shot, I wasn't even watching your bird. I'm, I'm dead on mine. I'm watching my bird. You shoot. As soon as you shoot, I shot. And it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was like the thing was in the Matrix or something. Just as I'm pulling the trigger and, and, and it goes off, 
the bird takes a step to his left, about two feet it looked like, and I could, it was pretty dry and dusty, and I literally could see my pattern hit in the dust behind him, and not a single pellet hit that dang bird. I mean, it just, he just went, step, boom. Just as I was pulling the trigger, he stepped in. It couldn't have been timed any perfect, more perfect on his part, and the pattern just piled up right behind him in the, you know, in the dust, and I could see it hit, hit the pasture behind him, and I, you know, because of the angle of the grass and everything, and so... I just assumed yours was laying there dead, and I immediately jump over the fence just in case, and then mine sees me at that point. He's running, and he sees me jump over the fence and and take off, and he starts flying. And I'm like, God almighty. And so I go running up through the homestead to where it comes out onto the main part of the pasture, and he's, you know, and he's... He's nowhere to be seen. Yeah, you know, I just, I just, you know, in case he was laying up there flopping or anything. So I'm just kind of looking around. Well, while I'm looking around, this is probably five minutes after we shot. Maybe, maybe not quite five minutes, but just a little bit after we shot, I hear. <laughs> I was like, well, good. Andy found his bird because I thought you were standing on his head. And so, um, I kind of continue to look around where I shot and everything, looking for feathers and everything, and I can kind of hear you walking around in the woods back there. And um, and so I'm looking around, and I, there's not a feather, there's not a drop of blood, there's not anything. And I could tell when I shot that that pattern completely missed that bird. Yeah. And so I'm pretty dejected at this point. So I walk back out into the you know, into the cut between the, the homestead and the, um, and the, the woods line, you know, where we shot and everything. And I'm kind of standing there and kicking myself for missing. And, uh, and then you come out of the woods and you look like you've just lost your best friend. And I said, where's your turkey? You said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean? You don't know. I thought you found it. No, I never, I haven't seen anything. I hadn't seen any feathers. I hadn't seen anything. He just ran off into the woods. And I said, well, I heard wing flapping. And you said, well, that, that may have been him flying off or something, but I didn't hear any wing flapping. I'm like, no, I'm, I heard wing beating on the ground, you know, like like a turkey dying wing flapping. Well, no, I, I've looked everywhere, and that, that you know, because by this point we've been looking for almost 30 minutes. Yeah. You're like, no, I, I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen hiding a hair of him. So we kind of go back. You go back to where we were standing. I walked to where you felt like he was. Looked real good. Still hadn't seen any any um, any feathers, any blood, any any you know, not even any scratches in the ground or anything. So we're just looking around and everything. And then we kind of start walking in the direction, looking of exactly where he went. So you want to take it from there? Yeah, I'll take it from there. So we're getting pretty close to where. Well, we're we're right along the edge of the woods. We're probably ten right. yards away from the edge of the wood line there, uh, mm-hmm. looking at the opening where the turkeys were. Kind of, yeah, kind of the trail, you know, where they went in. I felt like. And Todd says to me, "Did you hear that?" And I said, "What?" He said, "That was a gobble." He said, "That was a gobble from the direction that that bird that I shot at went." And I said, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah." And I said. Well, uh, let's go over there and see if we can do something with him. He said, all right, let's go. So we took about a step or two, and I turn around and look to my left, and my turkey's laying there on the ground underneath the cedar tree. Dead as a hammer. Dead as a hammer. 
not I mean not even ten yards from where he was when I shot. And we had been looking hundreds of yards out in the woods and, and just looking everywhere and he had run up under this tree, uh cedar tree that you know, basically came all the way to the ground, you couldn't hardly see it, and laid under that thing and that was and I did hear him flopping. That was what I heard when I was up at the, you know, on, on the other side of, by the, by the home site, because I wasn't, but about 50 yards from him, and I heard him flopping on the ground. But Andy, you know, you were farther away in the woods, walking around, whatever, probably, you know, and just didn't hear yeah. it. And that thing was was laying there just as dead as he could be, like he, you know, like he'd been struck by lightning. And um, it was the most, it was the craziest thing. Well, while we're standing there looking at him, high fiving each other, that turkey gobbles again over there. <laughs> Over on the other side, and, and I believe did did you you heard it the second time, didn't you? I heard it the second time. Yeah, you were like that. That was him. That was him. I was like, it was him. And so we get pictures with yours. Very quickly, I might add. Yeah, give that turkey a little bit of time to to relax a little bit, and 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 while we're taking pictures and everything, he just pretty much picks up gobbling at everything on his own. Yeah, you know, he probably gobbled ten times while we're milling around there getting your turkey you know, in your vest and, and pictures made and all that kind of stuff. And so we go back to where we shot, and where we shot is an old broke-down fence, but it's got a lot of uh, a lot of trees and, and brush on it, and it gives us a good cover. And luckily for us, I kind of had an idea where he was. There's another hilltop about 500 yards away. The way it works is that home site we were on is on kind of one little hilltop, and then it drops down, there's a creek in the middle, and then it starts back up another hill, and there's another copse of woods up on the top of the second little hill. I felt like he was sitting in that second, you know, because I've seen turkeys in that, that second um, group of trees before. And that sounds like kind of where he's coming from. So we walk back to, to the uh, edge where we'd shot from, and we ease down that line, and we get to that, um, to that creek that's running parallel or kind of perpendicular, actually, of, of where we're going. And um, so we get in that little creek, and I had a box call with me. No, I did have a box call with me, but I pulled out my slate, and I called. <laughs> Just real easy call. <laughs> he cut me off. And so we're sitting there, and calling and he'll and, and all he's doing is just gobbling back he's not moving he's not doing anything he's just standing on top of that hill gobbling and there's literally no easy way to get to him if he doesn't come there's no now, way to get to him i mean no way i'm seeing us yeah there's yeah. nothing but grass that's an inch tall between us and him basically right and um now we're going to take a little bit of time out and tell about have you done any uh, podcast or talked any about your fan and how you've used your fan? I have. Okay. So for everybody that's following the, the podcast, you know about the fan. And if you haven't, and this is the first one you've listened to, uh, Andy had, I don't know, would you say discovered or, or somebody told you about, about a year before this in 14, you had started carrying a real turkey fan in the woods with you. Yeah. It's it's mounted, it's it's like in full strut, you know, but it's just the fan. There's nothing else to it but just the fan. And until the morning before, I was pretty dubious of hauling this fan through the woods. You know, I'm like, this is I mean I, I can see, you know, some 
but you know, this is this got some pretty limited use, I think. You know, I mean, I, I'm this one thinking to myself and everything. Mm-hmm. And then we got on that, those turkeys the the morning before, and with that fan, there's no way in the world we'd ever killed them. Mm-hmm. So you've got the fan, and we're in this little bitty. I mean, it's not two trees wide. This little creek here, and we, you know, we can't do a whole lot of moving without getting seen because he's not that far from us, and there's nothing between us and him but but green grass, like your lawn. And so we're standing in that little that little creek and deciding what we're going to do. I called, he answered. I called, he answered, but he ain't coming. And the odds of him walking 400 yards across a a wide open field, are, in my opinion, are pretty slim. Yeah. So we're standing there, kind of squatted down, hiding, trying to decide, well, what are we going to do? So Andy says, let's gobble at him. So I get the box call out and gobble at him. And he about choked himself, but he still wasn't getting any closer. So Andy says, I'm going to keep the call here, the you know, a sleigh call or, you know, or a, the hen sound. I want you to take the box and the fan and crawl about 50 yards up there and get on that tree right up there. I said, all right. He said, keep the fan in front of you and crawl up there. He's going to see me. Just do what I said. Okay. So I'm holding the fan in front of me and got my, my shotgun on my back. Okay, so that's all I've got for you guys for the free portion of today's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of the story, then you will want to become a premium subscriber. And becoming a premium subscriber to the Turkey Hunter Podcast is very easy and it's very inexpensive as well. All you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter. Make it one word, no spaces, Turkey Hunter. Text that to the number 44222. When you do that, I will text you back and ask you to reply with only your email address. When you reply with only your email address, I will then email you a link that you can click on where you can pay the $12 annual subscription fee and set up a username and password so that you can listen to the premium content. Like I said, it's very easy, very inexpensive, and your premium subscription will get you the rest of today's episode, and it will get you all of the premium content that we've done in the past, in addition to all of the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. So, go ahead and text the word Turkey Hunter to 44222. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. So, hopefully, you guys pick something up from today's story that will help you this coming spring. I know that personally, I learned a lot from this hunt, and a couple of those lessons are lessons that I will never forget. So, hopefully, you guys picked up on those. Now, that's all that I've got for you guys this week, but before I let you go, I've got a favor to ask of you, and my favor is this. I guess, actually, it's two favors. If you will please fill out my 2017 end-of-year listener survey, that will be a big help to me, and the way that you do that is you text HELP2018, H-E-L-P-2018, to the number 44222. Then just follow directions from there. The other big favor that you can do for me this week is to email me any show suggestions or show topics that you would like for me to cover that you think will help you be a better turkey hunter. And you can email those to me 
at Andy, A-N-D-Y, at IamTurkeyHunting.com. Andy at IamTurkeyHunting.com. Now, some of you guys are sending me suggestions via Facebook, via Twitter, and through my website, and that's okay, but the best way for me to get those is through email. That way, when I sit down and I check my email, I've got my notepad in front of me, and I can write down the show topic suggestions and your name as well. So, that's the two favors that I'm asking of you this week. That'll be a huge help to me if you'll do both of those. Now that's all I've got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know that you have choices and I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.